Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. On Thursday, was it? I think it was Thursday of last week, um, I was travelling up to see Cletus and I actually asked Ajit, would you like to come as well? Because um, we're going to go and uh, pray and look at the Bible and get some food, brilliant food, may I ask to say, from Cletus. And so Ajit gets in the car and uh, we're just talking and he's saying, what are we going to do there? And I said, well, actually, you're going to prepare my sermon for next week, which is at Gorton. And my sermon is taken from the feeding of the 5,000 and basically addressing the question, why do so many Christians say no or I can't when they're asked to do something? Okay? And uh, so that's what I'm actually going to be talking on. It's almost seminar approach uh, to how Jesus uh, got disciples to do something that was way out of their comfort zone. And then Ajit, now he thinks stupidly, started telling me about a television programme that he'd been watching about faith. And I said, you know, Actually, I'm preaching on faith on Sunday morning. Will you say something? And he said, no. <laughs> well, he said it much more politely than that. And I said, Ajit, you're just not going to like this morning because I'm going to help you see why you've got to say yes. So, Ajit, come out here a little bit. Come on. He's also 50 years old on Monday. So, come on. <laughs> So poor Ajit had half an hour, Cletus will tell you, of me going through verse by verse next week's Sunday sermon saying, are you listening, Ajit? <laughs> anyway, Ajit, just quickly, just tell us about that programme, about uh, the lady okay, that... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, what happened was, uh, what we do nowadays is we sit with our kids and watch uh, a programme called Chosen. A lot of you must have seen it, Chosen. <laughs> And uh, I was just watching this program, and uh, Thursday evening, I was just watching, and I was really touched by, uh, by that scene where this woman was having uh, issues of uh, bleeding for 12 years. And, uh, you know, I've heard that for so many years, you know, those sermons and all that. But on that day, it was something special. I was watching that with my children, and uh, uh, actually before that, I also saw this scene in that, uh, in that episode that... Uh, all these people who were waiting near the, uh, uh, the water to be stirred. Uh, the angel was stirring up the water and all these people were getting in. And I was looking at these people, you know, rushing in. That's what, how they portrayed it all that. And they were, I, I thought, you know, these people are crazy, you know, because the angel is stirring up the water. So why do they have to rush? They can go in a queue and, you know, get in and everybody will get a chance. But what was happening, there was a mad rush and it was crazy, you know. And I was wondering why they are doing this. And then this, epi- this episode comes where this woman... For 12 years of bleeding, you know, and, uh, uh, and she, wants to, she wants to get healed, you know, but because of the social taboo and all that kind of stuff and people ridiculing her and all that kind of thing, she was not able to reach to Christ. Uh, and what happened was, uh, Christ is going to heal Jairus' daughter, so he's on the way. So his disciple says, will you go and heal, uh, Jairus goes and says, will you heal, come and heal my daughter? And Jesus says, yes. So that becomes a big uh, sort of, you know, uh, event in that. Uh, and all these people come with Jesus. There are more than 
hundreds of people are surrounding Jesus. And this woman who is bleeding for 12 years and she wants to get healed. She cannot reach Jesus at that time because so many people are there. And uh, I'm watching this and I'm, uh, and this, uh, people are, uh, you know, uh, like uh, people don't want this woman to come near them, you know, because it was unclean and all that kind of stuff. But this woman, uh, you know, she forgets all about all that and she rushes towards Christ and she says, I just want to touch the hem of the garment. You know, that's when God started speaking to me, you know, I, I, that suddenly the thing started opening up. You know, I said, you know, we are missing this, you know, we are, we are missing this element of faith which God wants in us, you know. The element of faith where the world will think that you are a crazy, uh, you know, you are crazy, you know. Uh, the crazy faith, you know, that is what we are missing in church. That's what God was trying to uh, speak to me. And uh, that opened everything up. And this woman touches Christ and Christ really, literally, he stops there. He was going on an important mission. But he literally stops and he says, somebody has touched me here, you know. And his uh, disciple Peter says, you know, there are so many people surrounding you. And uh, everybody is touching you. Uh, what are you trying to say? But Jesus says that somebody has touched me. That's when God spoke to me very powerfully. God said, you know, the touch of faith is the, is the, is the touch that moves the throne of God. You know, uh, uh, if you can be crazy enough to demonstrate your faith anywhere, that's when the, uh, the throne of God is moved, you know. That's where Christ stopped and he turned around, you know, from this, all this mad crowd around him to stop and say that somebody has touched me. Uh, that's amazing, you know, that's it. That's what I felt so strong and I said, you know, I've heard this so many times, but this is like, it's like, like as, if, as if God is hand, handing me the keys of heaven, you know, this one of, one of the major keys is uh, the demonstration of faith. You know, we have heard it so many times, you know, but, but we have to be that crazy to demonstrate, you know, it's not easy to demonstrate your faith, you know, when you are living in a world which has to be politically correct and all that kind of stuff. Especially nowadays, but if you can take that step of sort of uh, sort of you know crazy faith, you know, uh, that's when God said that things are going to start happening. You know, that's why that's why we sometimes say, why the miracle has happened there? Why that miracle has happened there? You know, I remember uh, a testimony. I must have shared this with you uh, some time back when Jeremy was eight months old. He swallowed a sort of a clip, uh, a pen paper clip, which was this big, and. Uh, and we went to the hospital, we rushed to the hospital and they took an x-ray and they showed us the pin which was inside his body. So that is quite big, which was a massive pin. And they said we have to, uh, the doctor said we have to do a surgery but we can't do it now because of the bleeding. They must be, uh, they might, he might face some growth problems and all that. So the surgeon said what we are going to do is we are going to wait and see how it behaves, this clip inside the body. And if there is an emergency we will do surgery, otherwise we will wait and see. Sometime it comes out, uh, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But we tried, we checked everything and uh, it was not coming out, it was still there. So Shiva said to the, uh, the, the, uh, the x-ray lady was there, the technician, and uh, we said, you know, we are uh, Christians and we believe that God is going to make this pain disappear. <coughs> and uh, I, I remember that, that the female started laughing at us, you know, she was literally for the laugh, you know. Uh, uh, but, then uh, after a few days we started praying and all and you know, a lot of people prayed with us. After a few days she came running with an x-ray report. She said there's no pain inside the body. It's gone. It's disappeared. 
And she literally said that it disappeared. And he said, you know, I remember on that day when I was standing and Shiva was saying that, uh, uh, you know, this pin is going to disappear because uh, we are we, we will pray. Uh, we, 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 really speaking, we felt like we were fools, you know, like she was laughing and all that. We felt like it was crazy to say that. But now God tried to make me, uh, I started remembering those things, you know. When, de- when you demonstrate your faith in a crazy way, things happen, you know, because you cannot demonstrate your faith in a sort of a normal way, you know. It's not like, you know, yeah, I believe in Christ and I pray and this is what will happen. But when you become crazy, because like this woman who was healing for 12 years, she literally, because she wanted to get healed and she really demonstrated the crazy sort of thing, rushing into the crowd and people screaming at her and touching the hem. It was a big thing to do in those days in that society, because I come from the similar society, you know. And uh, also the people who rushed into the pool, they were bearing crazy, but the faith of getting healed, you know. So that's what God spoke to me. So I was... In fact, I was sitting with Colin and I was saying, Colin, what are we preaching on? It's a discipleship series going on. Like, no, I'm preaching on faith. I said, what? Yesterday God spoke to me about faith. So this whole conversation. <laughs> this thing, and Colin said, would you speak? And it was a struggle. To... <laughs> I said, now I'm going you know, <laughs> to speak about faith. Now. So I said, I'll do it. It won't work. Well, brilliant, brilliant. (laughs) So next Sunday, get the tape. Unless you don't want to say anything, then don't get it because... uh, um, but you know that was uh, that was really brilliant. And uh, yeah, we're looking at a community of faith and uh, we're looking at... Uh, walking with Jesus, we've looked at different elements of walking with Jesus, but I think really this is probably the most important one, which is faith, because Jesus in the end loved faith. It was almost like the, the thing that made him the happiest, if I can say that, I mean, it seems to be that way, it was when faith, even when he, he, things happened outside of Israel, when he thought, actually, no, um, I'm not here to here for this purpose at this moment, uh, when someone, a lady, demonstrated faith, he was just so excited. He says, I haven't seen faith like this anywhere, and, you know, and it's like it's something in Jesus when he sees someone with faith. It's, it's, it's almost like, and I'm, I, I, I wasn't there, so I can't say, it's almost like you feel like a smile comes on his face. Do you know what I mean? That somehow someone is willing <laughs> to believe that me, as God becoming person, can do remarkable things. And so, just want to look at uh, an incident, or a couple of incidents um, uh, that are actually recorded in Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke. And, uh, you know, when I was listening to, to Ajit, I said, yeah, I've got to, you've got to speak on this. In fact, I nearly spoke from Jairus' daughter and that lady. That was one of the things I was going to speak on. But I'm going to look at another uh, chapter uh, found in Mark chapter 9. And um, just before I um, uh, get into it, uh, I want to just read a couple of verses from Acts chapter 5. And it's almost like when we just listen to Ajit there, you've got a moment when someone's recalling some part of their history when actually they 
they knew that God was doing something extraordinary. And now God re-bringing it to them uh, in the present day. And I was looking at Acts 5 the other day, and it's, uh, in verse 12 says this, the apostles were performing many miracles, signs, and wonders among the people. No one else dared join them, even though they had high regard for them. As a, as the result of the apostles' work, six pe- sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats, and even Peter's shadow falling across them healed them. It's, it's amazing that there's a moment in Jerusalem there that these apostles are doing extraordinary things. And the faith level in the community is so much that they thought, well, if we can't actually get to Peter, we may be able to get into his shadow. <laughs> And it was almost like anything that we're going to get near the people of God who've got faith in the living God. Something extraordinary is going to happen. I uh, read just at the prayer meeting at the start of the meeting here, just before people gathered, about Jonathan Edwards. And he's praying for a revival. And suddenly, five, six people become Christians. And he, he makes this comment that suddenly... Something changes in Northampton there in Massachusetts that actually, it's like, it wasn't just five or six people becoming Christians. It was suddenly something in the atmosphere, something in the whole day-to-day life changed. And he said the topic of conversation everywhere was about God. It was almost like this Acts 5. It was like something happened. What um, Actually, it was saying there, something when he was watching that program, something stirred. And that's what I'm praying for in this city, in our lives, that something stirs in us, that actually ordinariness becomes extraordinary. Something that actually we uh, kind of think, could it happen, suddenly takes on a new dimension. And um, I want to look at it from Mark chapter 9, just uh, quickly painting the picture here, that uh, 12 disciples with Jesus come to a mountain and Jesus wants to take three of them up. It says a high mountain and so chooses three. When I first look at this, I'm always thinking poor guys who were left behind. But having hiked with Wendy quite a bit now, you sometimes think actually just being left behind occasionally when there's a high mountain (laughs) is not actually a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes the debate when there's another hill is shall we walk up there or, or do you want to stay down at the bottom here? So uh, when I read this with different lenses now since I've been in the CCM hiking club, that actually that uh, it's not just been left behind, there's a sigh of relief. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know, I'm reading that into the scripture, you understand. But somehow Jesus took three up a mountain and nine stayed down. Well, the nine staying down Lots of people started gathering because they thought Jesus was there. They hadn't realised he had gone. And so uh, crowds came and one man brought his son who basically was throwing himself in the fire. He was demonised. He was sick and he was bringing his son to Jesus and Jesus wasn't there. And so he looked at the nine disciples and said to the nine disciples, can you do something? Well, that is happening down in the valley. But while that's happening, Jesus is on this epic climb up, the Bible says, a high mountain with three of his uh, disciples, Peter, James and John. 
As it says in the beginning of Mark, chapter 9, it says, as the men approached and watched Jesus, his appearance was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than earthly bleach could ever make them. And then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. So here's the three, puffing and panting, getting to the top of the mountain, and suddenly Elijah and Moses appears, and Jesus is transformed, transfigured into blazing white. It says even bleach <laughs> couldn't get to that. Something remarkable is happening at the top of the mountain. And not only is Moses and Elijah there, but God speaks for the second time in an audible voice that people can hear that this is my son. It happened on the baptism of Jesus. It's like heaven opened in an extraordinary way. And the voice of God speaks to these three guys. It's an amazing time. And Peter, as only Peter does, opens his mouth straight away. <laughs> he do it all the time. He just often doesn't think, just immediately says something. And uh, says, so, well, let's stay here. Let's build some houses. <laughs> let's, let's make a house for Moses. <laughs> I do, you know. I think I'd probably say the same thing. This is heaven coming down on earth. But actually it was a moment. It was a moment of transfiguration. It was a moment when they got a glimpse of heaven and eternity and, and Jesus in his majesty. It was just a moment. And then it all disappeared. And there was Jesus and the three and and they start coming down the mountain. You can imagine Peter, desperate to tell the nine what they'd missed. I mean, that, for me, you could imagine, couldn't you? Just how long? We, how long? Come on, come on, come on. We need to get down there. And Jesus then says, don't tell anybody. <laughs> if you're a kind of someone like me who's an external processor, and, and then you're told, don't say anything, you know, it's a bit of a hard gig. For those who are a bit more internal, it's kind of, that's actually a blessing, you know? It's like a confirmation of the norm, a confirmation. But for the external guys, <laughs> this is, oh, no, especially when you've just seen Moses and Elijah. I mean, man alive, what would you want? The first thing you want to do is tell the others, you missed it. Anyway, that's basically the background of this. And it says in verse 14, of Mark chapter 9, when they returned, that's Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, they saw a large crowd surrounding the other disciples, and also there some teachers of the religious law, and they were arguing with the disciples. And when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe. Well, it seems here that Mark is, is basically giving us a glimpse of Jesus being like Moses, you know, when Moses came down the mountain and uh, God had spoken to him, it's like his face was radiant. And it's like Mark saying, this is what it was like when Jesus came down the mountain, he was still glowing. (laughs) He might not be dazzling white, but there was this glow. And I wonder if it was with the other three as well. They'd been in the presence of Almighty God in a special an awesome way. And so the crowd were in awe of what was happening here. 
And uh, when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed and they ran to greet him. And then Jesus said, what is all this arguing about? And it's like, as they're coming down the mountain, they could hear the arguments going on. I don't know if you've been in, in, in that situation, that you're actually going near to a crowd of people and there's a big argument going. You can hear it quite a way away. And uh, so that he's kind of trying to, he's asking them, what is going on? And one of the men in the crowd, verse 17, spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so that you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So, in brackets, because you were not there, that little bit isn't in there, but that's what's implied, okay? Uh, um, So... um, Uh, He said this, I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit. You see, Jesus is not there, but the nine are. The nine had actually previously been on a trip in twos. And on that trip, they'd cast out loads of demons. On that trip, they'd healed lots of people. On that trip, they'd seen what Jesus had done in their own lives. They'd gone out two by two. And so, you know, I guess... When the guy came and said, can you do it? I think they probably thought, of course we can. That would have been in my head. You know, we've seen this before. And so they did what they'd done before. They prayed for the boy. The problem was, it says here, he said, said, um, so I asked your disciples to cast out the spirit, but they couldn't do it but they couldn't do it. I don't know how long they had been trying, okay? You get the feeling that this was quite a long time. And you get the feeling, not even feeling, kind of there, that religious leaders and other people who were gathering to see Jesus were watching this dismal attempt at healing and deliverance. And there's arguments going on. (laughs) Why couldn't you do it? What's all this about? Do you know? And it was turning to be something that was chaotic, embarrassing, and not edifying. And this poor guy with his son, still nothing happening. The opposite to what was going on in the mountain (laughs) was happening down at the foot of the mountain. And, uh, And Jesus then said, he, he said this, these are terrible words. You don't often get this in the gospel. It says, Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? You know, if I was one of those nine, I'd have been feeling bad. Now I'd have been feeling terrible. <laughs> Could you imagine it? You've you've failed dismally. What was something that you had seen God do before, now it had all gone wrong. But not only had you failed, you had failed in a massive public arena. It's one thing praying for someone in private. (laughs) There's one thing, two or three of you there. There's another thing. 
doing it. And then there's arguments happening. <laughs> and then Jesus utters these words, how long do I have to put up with you? How long do I have to be here? I would think there was pretty, a lot of low moments for these disciples. I would suggest this is one of the lowest. Apart from when Jesus died and they ran away. I think this was one of the lowest moments. And, um, you know, and I, I can honestly say this. I've seen God do amazing things. I've seen <coughs> miracles. I've seen God break in. I've also had these low moments as well. I've had times when fundamentally just nothing seems to work. No prayers, things I do. In fact, that not only don't they work, they go terribly wrong. Have you ever had that situation? You've actually tried to do the right thing and cause more problems? You know? That's exactly what happened here. They tried to do the right thing and caused absolute chaos and arguments. And there's Jesus in the midst. And, uh, you know, how long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me, Jesus said. So they brought the boy. Um, so they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water. Could you imagine having a boy so tormented that the cooking pot you couldn't leave we have a little puppy it's not a little puppy it's two years old but it's only small so I keep calling it the puppy (laughs) and uh, it's a bit thick (laughs) Mary's ill and not here so I can say what I like because it's her we had a big retriever who was pretty intelligent so we have a log burner and the, the big boy would know how close to get it to it. The little girl, Mary says, put the fire guard around. Because you can see, not quite sure. Is she going to get right and think it's a radiator and put her head by it, which is what she does. (laughs) That's humorous. This is not humorous. This is a boy that the spirit threw him into the fire in those homes that have had an open fire, that have had cooking, you know, so it, could you imagine having a boy that you had to keep your eye on all the time because any moment he could get thrown into the fire or into the water and he tries to kill himself. Have mercy on us. If you can help us, can you? What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked? Anything is possible to a person who believes. Anything is possible. I often try to get myself into the kind of story. Do you understand me? I just think so. This is me. Sometimes when I'm at my lowest faith time, when someone says, you only just need to believe, (laughs) sometimes it feels like the worst thing. Do you you know, it's almost like I tried. <laughs> I tried. And uh, so, but Jesus said in his words, he only 
Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, a little cameo here, I do believe, please overcome my unbelief. He's basically thinking, I've got to believe because Jesus can do it, but I don't believe. Have you ever been like that? <laughs> I know I've got to believe, but I don't believe. Help my unbelief, he's saying. It's just... He must have had enough belief to get there in the first place. Do you understand? So there's, there's something in him that made the journey because he knew Jesus could do it, but there was something in him. And I guess having experienced that negative hours when Jesus is not there and the disciples are not going to do it, I don't think that helped his belief. <laughs> and sometimes when we're praying constantly and things are not happening, sometimes it actually saps the faith from us. Have you experienced that? That you start off a little bit more faith and it goes, who knows? So when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, this getting a public exhibition now. He rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit, that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. When Jesus saw that the crowd on, then it says this, sorry, then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into a violent convulsion and left him. And the boy appeared to be dead. This is, this is a public event that when Jesus commands, it actually gets worse for a moment. Notice that. There's a moment here when there's a fight going on. <laughs> and in the end, it looks like the boy's died. You know? It's, it's an amazing story, this amazing incident. And then it says this. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. So Jesus comes into this moment of faith where faith is dissipated it's like you know it's like if you think of a colander with all the holes in them and you're basically pouring water into it to to kind of uh, make some stuff clean or or, or get rice into a better shape do you understand and then you see the water pouring out it's this is what faith was like here it was like the water like faith was in a colander (laughs) It was just pouring out. It's almost like it was draining out from them. And I can honestly say that there are numbers of times in my life that that's what it's felt like. I've, I've been in great faith and then other times it's just like anything I do, it feels like faith is going. Do you know have you, do you what I'm trying to say? But Jesus comes and does this miracle. And so I just want to then uh, bring this up now it's into to a conclusion. It says in verse 28, afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him this question. Why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Why couldn't we do it? Notice they were sensible if by this time to ask him in private. <laughs> there was no way they were going to ask him this question in front of the crowd. But in quiet, in private, 
Why? 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 That's the question I've asked numbers of times. Why? And Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out by prayer. But in one of the other Gospels, it basically says this. It says this. Why couldn't we cast out the demon in Matthew 17? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, all bring different elements to this question and this story. So Mark talks about prayer, that you must have prevailing prayer. Matthew says this, you just didn't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain we've just climbed up, You could say to this mountain, move from here, and it would move. And um, what I find fascinating here is this. They're talking about a group of guys who had little faith or no faith. And Jesus is basically saying, well, I find faith on earth. And then he says this. You only need a little bit of faith and this massive mountain will move. And I look at this and I think Jesus is making something (coughs) possible. See, in my mind, it's great faith I need. Do you understand what I mean? In my mind, I I need something massive to happen and he's saying no you just need a little shift (laughs) you just need a little shift when Ajit talked about that program it was a little shift same story I'd heard time and time again and yet something changed something changed and faith there was a you know can you see it just a program and something changes and when he was telling me the stories, we were driving up and thinking, and you could feel the face as he was saying it. Do you know what I mean? It was like just not an incident. There was something moved. And that Jesus has said, the shift is not big. <laughs> That's the hope. That's the hope. The shift is not big. It's a little bit of faith. And massive things can happen. And he's saying to nine failures, <laughs> abject failures, who had actually been public rebuked by Jesus as well. The shift is small. The shift is small. The shift from failure to massive success is a little bit of faith. That gives me hope. Gives me hope. Even this morning, I'm thinking the shift from God doing miracles and answering some of the deepest longings of our heart and prayers is a little bit of a shift. And I feel God's doing that. I feel as we're doing this story. There's a shift in people's hearts, just a little bit. Just a bit. Has any of you got pens on you this morning? If you've got a pen, don't matter. If you haven't, I just want, because I want you, and you've got a little bit of paper, you can write it down, but if not, Don't worry, just think about it. Put it on your phone. But I want you to do this. I want you to think of what 
Where is failure happening? I, do you understand? Where are you praying and, it's, and you feel like it's, there's no breakthrough? Just want to think that, and if you can write it down, write it down. Just think about it now. I'm thinking now of what I've prayed for for years, what I prayed for when I was walking around the park this morning. I pray the same prayer virtually every day. It's coming back to me now. You know, and I feel God wants to answer some prayers this morning. I feel God wants to break through. Just a little bit of faith, you can say to this mountain move. Some of us have got mountains. Mountains that need to be moved. People saved. Things happening. Jobs, money, healing. You know, there's just something going on. Can we stand?